You're an entrepreneur who may be in what I like to call the messy middle, meaning you're busy running your business, holding down a full-time job, wrangling your family at home, while also trying to keep up with your social life. If this sounds anything like you, then you know that finding time for rest and self-care can be tough. That's why I created a free self-care toolkit just for you. Our self-care toolkit is a curated list of self-care practices for you to focus on during your me time. This toolkit includes a guided meditation, journal prompts, affirmations, a monthly habit tracker, and a 30-day gratitude challenge. Finding time to rest is already overwhelming, and we don't want you using the time that you do have trying to figure out how to spend it. Our toolkit is the perfect starting point to creating a new routine or adding to an existing one. To download the self-care toolkit for free, head over to mindbodybrand.co. Welcome back to the Mind Body Brand podcast. So this week's episode is special because one, it's an extended episode. Y'all know I try to keep my episodes like five minutes or less, but also because we have the author, writer, and my internet friend, <laughs> L'Oreal Thompson Payton here on the show. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Miss L'Oreal. So she is an award-winning journalist and the author of the forthcoming book, Stop Waiting for Perfect, Step Out of Your Comfort Zone and Into Your Power. She is also a health and wellness reporter at Fortune, where she covers women and wellness in the workplace. So when she's not busy writing, which she says, to be fair, isn't often, she can usually be found reading on her yoga mat or riding her Peloton. And Loria lives just outside of Chicago with her her very patient husband and brilliant daughter whose laugh lights up her world. L'Oreal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You're also one of my internet friends. So it's always a good time when we get to link up, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. So I know we were chatting like before we hit um, like record, but we were talking all things parenting. So I definitely want to dip into that a little bit before we go. Yeah. But first, I want to talk about your new book because that is exciting, yes. which is coming out August 15th. So you guys, I'm going to leave the link in the descriptions of this show so that you can go and pre-order her book. You must have it. So I want to talk a little bit about the book and you talk about like imposter syndrome and like a lot of the self-doubt that stops many of us from doing the thing that we either feel called to do or like really just feel passionate about. So can you share with us a little more about your experience with imposter syndrome and self-doubt and kind of what led you to writing Stop Waiting for Perfect? Yeah, I feel like imposter syndrome and self-doubt and I have been in this like love triangle for 35 years right <laughs> like it's something that's always been there has always been present has always been nagging at me and it's funny because in the book I talk about this time when I was six and I wrote a story about dinosaurs in outer space and 
illustrated and everything. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And my dad, when he went to pick me and my sister up from my grandparents' house that day, um, you know, asked like, oh, what'd you do today? And I was like, look at my book. And he was like, well, if you wrote this, then you should put it on the list of books that you read for like the library challenge, the summer reading challenge. And I feel like that stands out to me as my first instance that I can recall, at least of mm -hmm. imposter syndrome, because I didn't feel like I was qualified or that I was like a real writer or a real author. Um, his reasoning made absolute sense. If I wrote it, then it stands to reason that I also read it and yeah. I should include it in the list. But my fear was that the librarian would look at me like with disdain when I turned it in, you know, the scene and, um, uh, a Christmas story where they're like, you'll shoot your own out. And like, <laughs> that's what I pictured this happening to me. And it didn't, of course, like, I don't even know if they actually realized that like my name was on the list. Yeah. Um, but that was like the first time I remember feeling like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't smart enough and that I didn't belong. And that feeling didn't really go away. To be honest with you, I'm still feeling it a little bit, even with yeah. this book, this other book I've written now that is coming out. And it's um, it's interesting because I think a lot about that Toni Morrison quote that, you know, if there's a book you want to read that hasn't been written yet, you have to write it. Mm -hmm. And I really took that to heart because I love self-help books. I read so many of them. And I feel like a lot of them were kind of not talking down, but it was a lot of like, hindsight 2020 looking back with rose colored glasses like it all kind of works out in the end and this book is very much a peer-to-peer -peer, like hey I am in this with you <laughs> like, we yeah. are in the trenches together I am figuring this out in real time and I'm not proclaiming to have all of the answers but what I do have are some tips and tricks that have worked for me in shortening the life cycle of the imposter syndrome and self-doubt because I don't know if I'm being honest, that it's ever going to go away for me, especially mm -hmm. like speaking on that, because I think if you're constantly challenging yourself and you're growing and you're moving beyond your comfort zone and you're leveling up in life, you are going to be confronted with some self-doubt and imposter syndrome. If you're you know, a regular person, if you have it all figured out, by all means, please write the next book. <laughs> um, but for me, at least the goal was like, <laughs> How do I shorten this life cycle so I'm not spiraling out of control about the self-doubt and imposter syndrome and stop waiting for perfect? Is that like love letter to the overambitious, overachievers, the high achievers, the people who are just like me, <laughs> who are doubting themselves and, you know, waiting for that perfect moment to launch, to write the book, to launch the podcast, to like do the thing that it is you were put on earth to do because spoiler, like there is no perfect moment. And if you keep waiting for that, you're going to be waiting forever and you'll never actually ever do the thing. So it's okay to do it imperfectly. It's okay to do it scared. Um, but the important thing is that you do it because then you can reiterate or yeah, um, reiterate, you can edit, you can make it better, you can make improvements. But if you never do the thing, then you'll never get started. And like, what a waste that would be. <laughs> yeah, So tragic. That is a word. I like, I always tell people like my biggest fear is disappointing. Like, the six-year-old version of myself and the 65-year-old version of myself. Ooh, I love like, that. I want to make both of them happy. Like, the little girl in me was like, I want to do this and this and this. And, like, I don't want her to be like, well, dang, girl, you're grown and you still haven't done it. And then I don't want to be, like, old in my rocking chair and looking back saying, like, well, life was kind of bleh. Mm -hmm. It was okay, you know? Like, I want to be able to say, like, I did all of these amazing things and I did it scared. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 But that's, that's a word. And I feel like so many people do just wait for like that per perfect moment, which is why what you're doing is absolutely needed because that is like the number one thing I feel like comes up for a lot of specifically people who identify like as a woman, like we, mm -hmm. a lot of that comes up constantly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pressure upon us, especially as black women, you know, there's the whole <laughs> adage about having to work twice as hard to get half as much. And it's like, we can't launch imperfectly because, you know, you have to show up so much better than our counterparts. I mean, you look at like we work in Adam Newman and how that was a epic fail. And yet he's given more millions of dollars to go and launch other businesses. And it's like a black woman could never. And yeah. I honestly hate that for us. I want to be able to fail as great and as epically as the white guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like give me money to make a huge mess of something. Like let me do that. Right. Speaking of white guys, <laughs> <laughs> Always. you have a chapter in your book called Channel Your Inner Chad. Mm -hmm. Can you share the inspiration behind that title and like what that kind of chapter is about? So it started honestly as this like inside joke um, with my friends who whenever they were nervous about asking for a promotion or a raise or interviewing for a new job, I would encourage them to channel their inner chat. And where that came from was I had a mentor um, when I was applying to a new job. I was switching careers actually from journalism and communications and was trying to negotiate the salary at this new job. And the advice that she gave me was to have a confidence of a mediocre white guy, which I didn't really understand back then. This was... Um, winter 2014 to paint a picture. But let me tell you, when the election of 2016 happened, I was like, oh, yeah. I get it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it, makes it, all, sense. it makes sense. It makes mm -hmm. so much sense. And so I just decided to name that white guy Chad because it felt right. Like that's a very white guy name. And sorry to all of the like well-meaning and actual good <laughs> Chads out there if you're listening. Um, I'm I'm so sorry that that's your name. Um, but please don't take offense. It's It's with love. <laughs> That is so good, but also like also brutally honest, like that we even have to like show up with that type of confidence to mm -hmm. feel like we can get things done. Yeah. I mean, there was the Hewlett Packard study that I think said that like with a job description, women would look at it and be like, okay, I have to have a hundred percent of the qualifications. And meanwhile, Chad was like, well, I've got 60%. I'm going to go ahead and throw my hat in the ring. And it's like, yes, we should bring that same kind of energy yeah. to the job applications, to the grant applications, to whatever it is that, you know, we're putting ourselves out there for, have that confidence, have that um, channel your, you know, your inner Chad energy and put mm -hmm. it out into the universe because Chad does not care. Chad is not second guessing himself. He's not over here. Like, boiling over his cover letter and making right. a thousand updates to his resume. No, Chad is chugging a beer and he's <laughs> pressing send. Be like Chad. No, no overview. No, nothing. Oh. Just There's no group chat dissecting everything right. and being like, well, I think you should remove this exclamation. No, that's not mm -hmm. happening. That's not they're happening. If they're even yes. sending in anything, which could be Girl. a conversation for a whole nother episode. That's a whole, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't like finished working on book merch, I would like a little sticker to put on my mirror that says channel your inner chat. I love that idea. <laughs> I feel like we may be onto something there. I'm going to I'm going to shoot it to my publicist and be like, yes. hey, at least I you had this great idea. <laughs> yeah, I need to like visualize that every single morning I look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. 
So we all know that simply saying that you no, no longer want to be held back by doubt or fear or imposter syndrome, saying those things feels easy. But how does someone actually like continue to trust themselves even when that voice of doubt is like very loud? so loud like Mm -hmm. definitely loud it's just (laughs) I named my inner critic uh Nancy because I like alliteration so negative Nancy is um her name and in the book I have this exercise where I encourage people to write a breakup letter to your inner critic because here's the thing they mean well and they're just trying to protect you and keep you safe and keep you in your comfort zone but as we all know like Nothing can grow in that comfort zone. The magic lies outside of it. And so the first thing we've got to do is kick that inner critic to the curb. And it's hard. And I don't know that, for me at least, it ever goes all the way away. It gets a little bit quieter, but there are moments like right now leading up to book launch where it's getting a little bit louder and louder. And so I am a firm believer in getting quiet and getting still. You know, like the world is very noisy. Social media is very noisy. Other people's opinions are very noisy. And Mm. so it's important to get quiet and get still, whatever that looks like for you. For me, it's carving out time in the mornings, uh, post daycare drop-off to be clear, because nothing gets done before (laughs) that, (laughs) like hectic rush out the door. I just want to be honest. I'm not trying to be up here and the like perfect Instagram mom where it's like, oh yes, no, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get out the door. And then when I get back, after everyone else is gone (laughs) that's when you can start (laughs) that's when I can open up the journal do a workout Mm -hmm. read a devotional some meditation you know and just kind of quiet all of the external factors and the external Mm -hmm. voices and that noise and get back to my center and my focus and my power and it takes a lot of practice. And I don't know that it ever becomes perfect. This is something I'm still Mm -hmm. actively working on, but I think that's part of the goal, right? It's about, um, about practice and that progress and letting go of perfection and feeling like you have to have this perfect morning routine and do it every day. And I mean, I also wrote about the time I lost my Peloton streak after 600 something days and how Mm -hmm. devastating (laughs) that was for me, but also kind of ridiculous. I'm like, girlfriend, like, what are you even doing? Like that is not an indicator or some kind of marker of your self-worth. And so it's all about, you know, getting back to basics, getting quiet, getting still, listening to yourself and learning to trust that voice, like your, your gut, your instinct, all of those things, like know what's best for you. You know, what's best for you. We have a tendency. I have a tendency (laughs) to crowdsource everybody. I think about doing this. What do you think about that? And like, I lose the plot, right? I talked to like 50, 11 people. And it's like, no, girl, you already have the answer. Everything you need is already inside of you. And so you have to learn to trust that. Like, that is good enough. You are good enough. You don't need everyone else to weigh in on what you're about to do. You can do it and do it flawed and do it scared and do it, you know, like with a little bit of trepidation, sure. But like, or trepidation, I think it's trepidation, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go yeah. with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, I got a little bit off track, but that's the point. Yeah, to get quiet, yeah. get still, try to silence that inner critic as much as possible and like turn up the volume on like your gut instinct and what you know is best for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you mentioned how we often try to outsource or look for like that outside validation. Cause I know for me, I have a very bad, really bad habit of doing that. 
And like, even though I know in my heart, in my gut, like, this is the thing I want to do. It's going to work. I can ask yeah. 12 people. And if one person out of those 12 people say, no, I don't know I don't mm-hmm. know about that one. All of a sudden, my mind is like, told you it wasn't a good idea. Told you yeah. you shouldn't do it. I'm like, I was just hype about this 48 hours ago. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like, I've, I've really had to, like, refocus my energy and say no this is the thing you want to do. This is how it's making sense to you and not everyone Mm -hmm. else is going to understand it. And that's okay. That is okay. Because I think a lot of times for me, at least it's like, I'm looking for permission from someone else. I'm looking for someone else to sign off on (laughs) this Mm -hmm. idea or this lifestyle or this life change that I'm trying to make. And you don't need anyone else's permission, but you're all now granted if, you know, you are in a relationship and, or, you know, something where you're thinking about quitting your job, you may need to check in with your partner, you know, your person on the financial aspect. But like, other than that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't need anyone else's permission to show up as your full authentic self. Mm, That's a word. I want that on like a sticky note too, like a sticker. (laughs) All the merch. I want all all the the merch. merch. (laughs) You need the merch. I will be the first in line. Yes. (laughs) So you mentioned um, before we were talking about um, like wait until your kids or your kids, girl, I'm putting more kids in your household, your daughter, (laughs) you're like, wait a minute, wait until your daughter goes to school, wait until your husband leaves, like, so that you can then have like your, your me time. Mm -hmm. How in the world did you manage to write a book, work, write a book, market a book? with a small child your daughter just turned two right is she two yet she'll be two in october oh okay she's not even two yet not even two yet um i'm still figuring it out i think it's one of those things where i'll look (laughs) back and be like girlfriend what were you doing what were you thinking and i know we talked about before and for people who have followed along with my journey or those who haven't even Mm -hmm. it was um this like culmination of years of hard work, both to have the baby and to have the book. Like we did several rounds of IVF before our daughter was born. I went through several rounds, several literary agents, honestly, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of rejections before getting the yes, before getting the book deal. And it just so happened that it happened at the same time, like February, 2021 is when we got the positive pregnancy test. And May, 2021 was when we got the book deal. And it was just like, okay, we're doing now it. Now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Me being the go-getter that I am. And at that time, at least was very much like, yeah, I can have the book done by like November or December or something like that. I'll, I'll write while she's napping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my agent who is also a mom and God bless her was like, I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> And we're going to extend this deadline and you are not going to like work yourself to death. But it was honestly the hardest thing I have ever done writing the book because I tell I will tell people all the time, at least with the baby, there's help. There's my family and we have friends. Um, she's in daycare now. Like when she, she started daycare when she was six months and that was like, I was really, I felt guilty about it before, but it was honestly such a blessing. Like I attribute my mom friend, Anna, for giving me the daycare pep talk where she was like, listen, Mm -hmm. you'll be a better mom because of this. You'll be a better writer and she's going to be okay. And Mm -hmm. that was absolutely the truth. Um, But I mean, I think, you know, next time around, I'll do some things differently. (laughs) I'll carve out (laughs) some dedicated writing time outside of the house. I will go to the cafe. I will have like a hotel weekend or something like that 
Um, I will hire babysitters to watch her, even if I'm still at the house, but just to like have someone um, keep an eye on her. And it takes a village, honestly, like they say to raise the child, but also the mom. And especially if that mom is also writing a book at the same time, yeah. like we have to call on. And I write about that in there too, like kind of how everything hit the ceiling at this one moment where um, Jeff, my husband was at a networking event. He usually, like after I finish nursing her, he'll put her to bed and everything. And he was at an event. So it was just me. And I was like, okay, it's okay. We got this. I can do this. And it's like mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman narrated my life is like, she would soon learn that she could not do this. And <laughs> girl, when I tell you, he came home to both me and the baby crying, like it oh, was. No. And the next day I was on Instagram, just being like, this is really hard because I think we're getting better about talking about parenting mm-hmm. and motherhood in particular. Um, because of all the pressure society puts on us to do it all perfectly and do it all with a smile. And that's just not real life. And that hasn't been my experience. Um, And I was just really honest and vulnerable in that moment. And immediately there was a friend who was like, do you need me to come over this weekend to watch her? Like Mm -hmm. other people who reached out to help as well. And so it was hard for me to admit even that I needed help (laughs) um, to accept the help. Um, and I'm still working on proactively asking for it. Like I need to be better about doing it before shit hits the fan. Um, but that's, you know, I'm a work in progress. Um, but it's again, because I'm not perfect. I am not doing any of this perfectly and we shouldn't be expected to. Um, but also like asking for help doesn't make you like less than it doesn't make you a bad mom or like, you know, like a weak mom even, or whatever it is like, it's okay. Like asking, asking for help has been my biggest lesson in all of this. Like when I tell you this book was and continues to be a masterclass for me and learning to let go of perfection, mm-hmm. it was like I had to live a lot of those hard moments, like the crying late at night when yeah. he got back from that networking event. Um, I had to live it in order to write about it and hopefully and sharing it, it will give, I know I said before, you don't need permission, but I'm hoping that for those who are seeking permission, we'll give them that, you know, permission slip to be less than perfect and to let them know that that's okay. You're still valuable. You're still worthy. And like, yeah. 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 Girl, it's momming is tough, but <laughs> that's one of the reasons why, yeah, like, yeah. I, I love your writing so much. It's like you said, you are, you let people know that you're in it with us. Mm-hmm. And like, you're very vulnerable about talking about where you are right now in the moment and like providing like, you know, this is how I'm getting through it or this is how I got through it. But like, I'm still here with you. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why I know my audience, but all the other masses of audiences out there are going to relate to this book so much because you're not making us feel bad for being, you know, <laughs> in this position where- yeah we are letting self-doubt take over or fear take over or imposter syndrome taking over. Like, it's okay. Like let's hug, but then also let's get through this shit. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Then that, that is what I I think specifically like the self-help, like personal development industry needs more hugs, Mm -hmm. but also let's, let's get your life together. 
Yeah, some real talk. I tell people, I'm like, consider me your personal cheerleader, BFF. Like, we're going to get through this together. Um, and there is no judgment. This is a judgment-free zone because I don't have time. And I don't have the time to pretend yeah. that I have it all together. I think anyone yeah. who does is lying. Awesome. There's always cracks, right? Like, yeah. you look hard enough. And so it's like, well, I'm just going to show you the cracks and I'm going to try to, you know, work through it together in real life, in real time. And just in hopes that, again, it like will help inspire someone else to do the same. And then the other person and then another person will have a whole like domino effect of imperfect, badass people running around the world. (laughs) Love it. That's what we need. A whole group of badass women. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So. I want to know now, knowing all that you know now about imposter syndrome and self-doubt and fear and like trying not to listen to your inner critic, what would you go back to tell your younger self about playing small? So many things, Uh, (laughs) but chief among them, honestly, is to stop shrinking yourself to make other people comfortable Mm -hmm. and stop second guessing yourself, your talent and your abilities. Like said before, you have everything you need to succeed. You just have to trust yourself. And I feel like it's very much like it's a muscle. I read somewhere before, like courage is a muscle. And the more you use it, the better, you know, it gets, the easier it gets. And I think it's the same with trusting yourself, not crowdsourcing everyone's opinion before you do the thing, not, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like stalling and keeping all your best ideas in your Google Docs and your notes app. And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to everyone (laughs) else. There's a lot of genius in those notes apps and you've got to release them into the world. Like do it now, do it imperfectly and you can fix it along the way, but they're not meant to stay in the drafts. Like you've got to, at some point, hit publish, hit send and put it out in the world. And so I, especially in this season of life of trying to uh, promote the book and everything, I'm just, I wrote in today's newsletter, right? Talking about it's shoot my shot season and Mm -hmm. it's awkward. Um, It can be like very uncomfortable for me because again, it's asking for help essentially. And that tends to make a lot of us, overachievers, high achievers, very uncomfortable because it shows that we can't do it all on our own. But here's the thing, you were never meant to, like you were not, we were not designed (laughs) to do life and do the hard things on our own. And so asking for help is very vulnerable and you'll just be so surprised. I feel like when you put that out in the world that people will respond people want to help you just have like they're not mind readers and they shouldn't have to be you but you have to guide them a little bit like hey here's and i include that in the newsletter i was like here are some very specific call to action um that no matter where you are and like what level you sit at or whatever like you can do but Mm -hmm. i think it's important to ask your people like build that group around you that community and then be able to lean on them and reciprocate obviously um but it's there's no shame in asking for help yeah we need people like yes like we're built to need people (laughs) we can't do anything alone so I have one more question for you because mind body brand is all about encouraging women entrepreneurs to choose rest Mm -hmm. over hustle so I want to know, how are you choosing to rest in this current season of your life? Very busy season. 
Yeah. And I haven't been great about it. I will be honest, but a very small action I did the other day, I bought a new journal. I love a good journal Um, (laughs) and different ones for different. There's the prayer journal, the like journal journal, and I bought a new gratitude journal. And Mm -hmm. so I've been sitting um, most mornings, not every morning, but again, after that daycare drop-off hustle and just taking some moments of gratitude and listening to like a five or seven minute guided meditation on Inside Timer. And if I have time left after that, um, doing a workout, love, I love my yoga. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't been on my Peloton as much as I would like, but even like if it's a nice day, you know, when it's not smoke or heat wave or flooding <laughs> walking to and from but it's good mother nature is trying to evict us i don't She's blame her to get us out of here and i don't blame her the aliens. listen but the fact that like we were just like aliens okay cool like back to our regularly scheduled tuesday like, like that's where we that's where we're not at. a big deal at this point what else yeah like what else what else sure so it's, yeah, but I'm trying to, and I want to, I'm very proud of myself. I'm taking off the week of the book launch and there's a lot of events, um, but also just trying to um, stay grounded in the moment. Like I've worked so hard for this and this has yeah. been a lot of years of hard work put into it. And I want to be able to enjoy it. Cause I think I honestly use work as a bit of a drug, like a coping mechanism, right? Or a distraction, if you will. And so removing that will force me to sit in this and be mindful and grateful and just to like, enjoy the fruit of my labor. And I'm really, I love that for me because I don't often take time to celebrate myself and my wins and the things that I've done and having that time off from like the nine to five will free up some space for me to do that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes, please celebrate yourself. Take you some naps, girl. Just live in the moment. All the naps. All the naps (laughs) you deserve. (laughs) Well, L'Oreal, thank you so much for coming on here and chatting with me today. If you could just let everybody know where they can get the book and where they Mm -hmm. can find you online. Yeah, you can pre-order Stop Waiting for Perfect anywhere that books are sold. And you can find me and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at ltinthecity.com. And social media, Instagram and Twitter, or whatever we're calling it these days. Oh. <laughs> the, okay. Whole nother episode. <laughs> Whole nother episode. <laughs> All right. Well, I will leave the description in um, the show notes for this episode so you guys can go and order the book. And L'Oreal, thank you so much again. Thank you. This was so much fun. I appreciate it. Yeah.